Blog Talk Radio. Hi and welcome to the Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Our guest, George J. Sandoval is the producer, director, owner of West End Productions, funded in 1992. West End produces commercials and documentaries in Ventura County. In June of 2012, George founded the nonprofit Oxnard Film Society and is the current executive director. His Monday night Foreign film series screens twice in downtown Oxnard, normally to a packed house. George chooses over 25 films a year, and some of them end up with Academy Award nominations. And Carol, I understand you look forward to attending these screenings. Oh, I do, Claire. Mondays are a very special day for many of us in Oxnard, California, because George always chooses superb films. So thank you, George, for joining us. You're welcome. It's good to be here. Good. Well, we want to know what you look for when you're choosing these films, because our audience for this blog talk show is mostly filmmakers, and they want to know how to get their films screened, and that's what we want to cover today. Plus, some of our listeners would like to set up screenings in their own hometowns, and your information could be very helpful to us. So to start with, tell us, how did you know that there was an audience in Oxnard for foreign and art films? Well, you know, we, we didn't really know. We just kind of, um, in 2005, uh, the uh, Plaza Cinemas opened up, and I worked with the developers who, uh, who did the theater there. And, I, and, and they, I, helped, I was working as a marketing consultant with them, with developers. And I suggested to them, why don't you do a foreign or independent films? You know, it's, there were 17 or 14 screening rooms. I said, can't you devote one to independent films or foreign films? And they said, no. My, you know, my background is that I had, uh, was with the, on the board of the Ojai Film Society, which we were doing that in Ojai. So finally, in 2007, uh, they, we started, we started the, a foreign film series. And I was the curator back then uh, for another nonprofit called the Downtown Center for the Arts. So that's how we got started. And um, so they paid for me doing the work, obviously. And uh, so I have to tell you, and so in May of 2007 was our first film, which was the, the Lives of Others, now, which won the Academy Award from Germany. But, you know, there was 20 people in the audience. Um, so we were in a smaller uh, screening room. Of, I, I can't remember, probably under 100. So it took time, it, it, but within a couple of years, people, uh, you know, got to know us and they would come to see these great films. Um, and, you know, the big fear at that time was how do we launch a movie and read the subtitles at the same time? You know, that's the big – Americans <laughs> seem to have a problem with that. But once they got used to it, um, it was okay. Uh, so I think after a couple of years – uh, we added a second screening at 3.30 uh, 
and then the one at 630. Um, and so now we have more people at 330 than 630. So, and, and also the thing about this is uh, there's a lot of senior population who have the time, the curiosity, and the money to come and see these great films. And, you know, I'm trying to break through to the younger crowd. Um, so, and that's, that's a challenge. Uh, so we're working on it. So, well, you have done ask? a marvelous job, John. I'm telling you, the um, I was there for that first screening of The Lives of Others, and I was shocked at the quality of that film, and I hadn't even heard of it. And I read reviews, and I'm on top of uh, movies that are released, but that was such a good film. And... Um, you did. You had it in a smaller theater, I remember. But I was impressed with the fact you had anybody in there because <laughs> I, I was surprised. So, yeah, it was a small audience, but um, it was at 7 o'clock. And I like the 3.30 screening better because I can always right. pull myself away from the office in the afternoon. And it's a fun time. And then um, you set up the uh, restaurant next door so people could uh, have dinner afterwards. Tell us about that. Well, you know, uh, it's, uh, the theater is in Centennial Plaza and on, on A and uh, B Streets in downtown Oxnard, across from the Pagoda Park. And, you know, the, at that time, they were trying to develop downtown. I mean, I was born and raised in Oxnard, the downtown Oxnard, where the Pagoda is. That was the center of Oxnard many, many years ago. So now everything's kind of grown outward. So they built the theater, and and uh, so and the restaurant is fresh and fabulous. But they were only open till two thirty. So I kept asking them, please open, stay open late on on Mondays, you know, twice a month. So they did. So now people come either before the show or after the show to, you know, to have some uh, uh, something to eat and something to drink. So uh, yeah, so we're very thankful for them being open. And you, you, there's a nice crowd there that you can talk to about the film because every one of your films needs discussion time. Many times the endings are what you want to make of them. Right, Some, which, which is uh, anathema to Americans. They want, they want to know exactly what happened at the end <laughs> of the movie. They want a resolution. So, but, you know, all, all films are, are they're not like that. They're, you know, Hollywood films are wonderful, but, you know, they're very... Um, by the numbers, you know? Yes. Um, so, but, you know, periodically we would have after film discussions, um, especially when we just had the 6.30 film. We would, after we'd meet later, uh, at, at when I had an office downtown or something, and we'd find a space um, where we would discuss the films. And we'd get 20 or 30 people wanting to know. But, you know, as you saw, after the film now, they stay in the lobby or they come over to Fresh and Fabulous and talk about the film. Yeah, it's a great opportunity because we have just seen a magnificent work of art every time. And so that's where I want you to help us with some ideas here. I want to know where you find a list of films that are available. Do you work with distributors or how do you find these films? Well, sure. I, well, you know, I read reviews from the New York Times and the L.A. Times. Um, you know, like when, when uh, the, uh, the Academy Award comes out for the best foreign film, each country, yeah. so there's like about 84, country, 84 countries, they each submit a film. So I have that list, and I start going, going through that list, seeing the films, contacting distributors of these films so I can find out. You know, obviously the Oscars is kind of the cream of the crop, right? 
Um, yes. So that's where you start. That's where I start. I start at Cannes. I start at uh, Telluride. I start at uh, the major festivals to see what is out there. And then, uh, so I'm constantly, every day I'm making lists, and lists of films and trying to keep up with everything. You know, I think, um, is it Manola Dargis, the, uh, the, the uh, film critic of New York Times said, it's impossible to, to um, are you still there? Yes, yes. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I thought maybe we got this guy. So she said it's impossible to review these films. It's like, there are like 5,000 films released each year. I mean, that's a lot of films. So anyway, and I am showing probably, uh, we have a, probably about close to 30, 32 dates that we now uh, screenings at, at the theater now. So, you know, it's a lot, there's a lot to call through, but, and it's, it's a, it's a busy, it's a busy job, country reading. And then, and then once you get these films, it's the same thing. A lot of films are two hours and, you know, I mean, I can spend a lot of time watching films. Well, so, you have um, to, but then, you have to do. Well, well tell me, this. what would you say it's like three to one? Do you have to watch three films to get one good one? Well, you know what? It varies. I, I think part of it is if you do your homework, um, you don't have to see an enormous amount because you know what is there. You know the director. You know the story. You know you've read what the critics say. You know you've read what the audience says, uh, reaction. So it's a lot of films, but still I, I can't because sometimes I get, I get overwhelmed. Um, so um, anyway, that's that's kind of the thing. And I do get notices from the distributors now. All the distributors know me. I know them. And they, you know, they say, oh, take a look at this film. And when I like a film, I contact the distributor, and they send me a link to preview, um, to preview the film. What's, what's interesting, when we st- first started the program, uh, we were, they were still sending out 35-millimeter film. So I get the film, and we see it. So I would preview that film like on a Saturday or Sunday morning at like t- 9 a.m. at the theater just to make the, sure the print was good. But it was wonderful sitting in this big theater by myself watching a great movie, you know. And, oh, uh, on just film? Like it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So now, like I said, now everything is digital. Everything comes in a hard drive. And, um, and But like I said, I preview the links over my, either my computer or sometimes I just plug it into my big screen and, and look at it that way also. But um, but what's amazing is is the the difference between watching it at home and watching it on the big screen. You watch it at home, you go, wow, it's, this is a good movie and it's going to work. And then all of a sudden, you see it in the big screen and you see the same movie. and the, It just blows you away, the emotion of seeing these incredible images. You know, uh, I'm, you know just, I'm just saying, you got to get out of your house and go see it on the big screen because that's what really makes your impact, makes the emotional impact. <laughs> It does make the emotional impact. You're absolutely right. I I can feel so much more from your films than I do from downloading anything on Netflix and Amazon. Even though I like what they're producing, it's uh, sure. very. Uh, it's I feel a really strong connection to the material. And there's this group audience thing that when others laugh or or when everybody is stone-faced when we leave we're all like oh my gosh what happened uh it's a good feeling and i i miss that 
uh, going to the theater because lately the movies, George, are just so bad that if you're not into the uh, power movies, um, you can't see a decent dramatic or a decent comedy, right? Yeah, I, I just, my wife wanted to go see a movie the last couple of weekends and there's just nothing there. And, and you know, I'm sorry, but every, and every, Cineplex is saying the same movies. <laughs> it's just incredible. I just, you know, I just it's just not my style. It's just not my taste. I can't I can't get anything that's uh, meaty or wholesome or something. You know, that's the thing about foreign films to me. It's it's their stories. They have wonderful stories, and it's all about the human condition. You know, as Igmar Bergman would say, "What, what are your movies about?" He said, "It's about life, love, and death." So. Mm. Uh, but these, I'm just saying the movies are, um, it's about, all I can say is it's about the human condition. They, and, you know, we, we don't deal with that. We deal with this fantasy world or, or cartoon movies or whatever. And anyway, but that's why I like these stories. They're so incredibly touching, and uh, they make you think. They make you a better human being. Uh, you know, you get to travel a long ways uh, and step it's like looking through a window. You get to meet these people. You get to see, you know, they're different colors, different religion. Um, you know, it's like they're, they're different, but we're all the same. Uh, you know, and I think that's, you know, I, I've said this before. I think if we had like a film society in, a, in our cities, more in our cities in the middle of America, I don't think people would be so afraid of other cultures and other people in different colors, you know. Because uh, they see them on screen, they go, "Oh, you know." Anyway, that that's just the way I feel, and um, I'm, you know, I'm very happy um, to to bring these films to downtown. Uh, and you know, what's interesting is that at first they didn't like subtitles, but now I got people like myself who can't hear very good, and they call me up and they, "George, does this movie have subtitles?" I go, "Yes." They go, "Oh, great!" <laughs> so it's kind of flipped itself, you know. <laughs> so uh, that is. That is good. That is great. Well, I just well, I just saw All Is True, which is the new uh, film from uh, you know UK with um, you know about Shakespeare after he quit writing and living with back with his life, wife and two children, two daughters, and and I wish it had subtitles. <clears throat> it's not that hard to hear, but I'm just saying for me, it would be nice if he had subtitles. I was I I once. Um, Licensed a film from PBS, and uh, I was talking to their distribution head, and I said, "You know what? I'll, I'll take the film, but it would be even better if you had subtitles." And she said they were going to start putting subtitles on e- on even their English language films. I mean, have you seen a film from Ireland or, oh, or Scotland? I love Boy. Irish films, but I can't hear them. I can't understand what well, they're saying. Exactly, and that's why they need subtitles. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, no, I you? totally agree with you. All is true. Um, well, good. Did you? Are you going to? Is that one we we will get to see? The PBS film. Uh, All is true. You know, yeah. I may bring that. I'm not totally sure. I'm, I'm going through. I'm working on my films for July and August right now. Uh, I'm booked through uh, June, and uh, I think, as you know. This summer, uh, the the summertime is when we show a film every Monday. Normally, it's the first and third Mondays of every month, but uh, this is our second year that we've tried this, 
uh, try and get people in the theater. You know, we, there's a, a lot of good films, so let's try it every Monday in, in the summertime. You know, see what happens. So um, there are, like I said, there are some there are some great films out here. Now, just let me tell you real quick what's happening in June. Uh, the first film in June is an American independent film called Amazing Grace. It's uh, a 1972 concert with Aretha Franklin. It's a great documentary. Um, and then we take from there, uh, from 1972 L.A., we go to then we go to about 1800, uh, the year 1800 in Vietnam, a film called The Third Wife. And then we go to contemporary Israel the next week in a film called Working Woman. And then we go to... Uh, Paris, a contemporary film in France called Nonfiction. So, you know, that's what I love. We, you, we take trips around the world every week, you know? Wow, and, that and, sounds like, like said, a great June. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, anyway, that's kind of where we're at right now. Well, let's go back when you were talking before. You said you had you were trying to get the theater to give you one screening room, and they said no. But eventually, you talked them into it. So, uh, how did you get this uh, room that you've got now for screenings? Well, actually, so one of the uh, founders, developers of the theater, started a nonprofit, and then we and you know hired me to curate the film series in 2007 and then so him being the owner of the building uh, and, and the Plaza Cinemas was the, the, the rent, rent of the theater anyway we just got together and rented a smaller room and we got a you know, pretty good deal to rent a smaller room and that's how we started with, with the one film or uh, two films a month on, on Mondays well, Is this what you would call four-walling it where you paid a flat fee to get the theater? Well, exactly. It is for Walling. Yeah. Basically, we rent the theater, and we, you know, we license the film. I do all the marketing. Um, I do, you know, all the accounting, whatever needs to be done. That's that's how we do it now. So, so I mean, that that relationship lasted until from 2007 to 2012, when, like I said, we were running it through a, a nonprofit called the Downtown Center for the Arts. Then from there, uh, we amended the bylaws and. Uh, and then Oxnard Film Society was born in May of 2012. So we've been down there for, excuse me, <coughs> 12 years. And uh, the last, what is it, the last uh, five with the Oxnard Film Society. But I've been, the, you know, the curator, curator for, for the past 12 years. Uh, so, you know, actually next week, uh, May 20th, our film from China called Ash is the Purest White that is the start of our 13th year in downtown. So we've, you know, we've shown probably about 320 films. Um, you know, uh, I think last year we had almost 7,000 people come uh, for the year to see 30, 32 films. So, you know, that's a fair amount of people to come to downtown Oxnard. And, you know, we have a wide range of uh, patrons. They're, they're from Oxnard, Ventura, Camarillo. I mean, Somewhere as far as Santa Barbara and to Westlake, it all depends on the film, you know. And um, so, and our mailing list is like over eighteen hundred. So I send out a weekly, uh, what I call the e burst, on Thursday mornings to eighteen hundred people. And then you know we do ads in the papers and just try just try to get the word out. Uh, like I said, well, I'm I, I'm working with a. One of our board members is pretty sharp on social media, so we're trying doing more social media with 
you know, Facebook and Instagram and uh, stuff like that to, to get the word out. You know, it's like I said, you know, along with this, which you're always trying to develop audience, always, every day. Got to keep developing. Uh, you know, like I said, we have a great senior crowd. Like I said, it's important to get the people from 20 to 50 to get them in the door because they don't know what they're missing. And, you know, I know there's a lot of things to do out there, but um, you know, they just don't know what they're missing. You know, I, I was at the theater the other day and uh, that, uh, what is it? I don't even know what, in, in the end game, the Avengers, the end game. I mean, there were lines and lines of people out there, <laughs> you know, and I try yes. very and I try very hard to get the uh, uh, Latino crowd from Oxnard, and I don't have a lot of success. Um, uh, some of the films they come, but you know, it's it's the same thing. I, it blew me away that is you know uh, the Latino crowd, and, and they're there for the Avengers. I can't believe they wouldn't support a, a Spanish-speaking film or any film. You know, I I'm not. Um, I think people should see all films, not not just a film of your ethnicity or of your language, you know, I mean, people do that obviously, but it's like, it's like, you know, it's like being a well-rounded person, you know, you know, you see a, a little bit from all these different cultures is pretty amazing. It know. is. Uh, it, it is. I, I can attest to that. It's wonderful yeah. to get, because I, you took us into uh, Africa where uh, with the uh, gay and lesbian film that you showed a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, Rafiki. Uh, Rafiki and how these two young girls were treated or mistreated, and uh, it was really shocking to see how they were ostracized for their behavior. Uh, right. And so I had no idea it was so bad in uh, other countries. Oh, and that was in Kenya, wasn't it? Yeah, Kenya, yes. And what was interesting is the filmmaker had to sue the Kenyan government to get her film showed for a seven uh, days for to do like an Oscar run. So she got in there uh, for seven days. I don't know if it's played more since then. But, you know, there are some countries that are tough. We did a film from, I think it was from Jordan, and they, it was the first time they had a uh, a... Arab female director. It was a film. Uh, I believe it was called uh, uh, was it uh, Wajda? I believe it was called, and it was about a young twelve-year-old girl who uh, who wanted a bike. She couldn't ride a bike. Girls can't ride bikes in in uh, oh, the no. Middle East. No, they can't ride a bike. So she was okay. determined to do it. And so, so you find out these, you know, all the the, the culture of the traditions of the mores of, of different people throughout the world, and you know, and the girl got a bike, and uh, and but it, the, I remember the director saying it was difficult for the male crew to take orders from a woman, you know, that's the way it is. But she did it, you know, that's the main thing. She did it, and uh, and made a very good film. Oh, bravo, yes. Yeah. And by us seeing that, we are supporting her in a foreign country. That's very important. That sends a message back to the uh, to the film division over there that, yes, give us more of this. Well done. Yeah. i got to tell you, one time we were showing a film. I can't remember the film, but it was from, like, Slovakia or, uh, you know, the Eastern Europe. 
And as I was, you know, I introduced each film. So when I was introducing the film, a, uh, a middle-aged man came over close to me and started filming me with his iPhone. And I'm, you know, I said, well, I'm just curious. I said, well, what are you doing? He said, well, my son is the director of this film, I'm, and he's in Slovakia. I'm do, shooting this, so I'm going to send it to him. I thought, well, that's, that's pretty amazing. And yes. uh, so after, after the film, I found this fellow, and he was not his father. He was a friend of the director. He was in Oxnard writing a script. He was also a filmmaker. And, uh, but he knew the director, and he was going to send the video. I mean, isn't that incredible? Yes. <laughs> I just thought that was pretty bizarre. Small world so, we have. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, anyway, uh, I, I just want to. So, I mean, other ways to me of getting films is going to film festivals. I went to the Palm Springs Film Festival for the first time in January. Saw some uh, great films, and they had a, a foreign film director's panel. So I got to meet uh, eight directors were there. So I got to meet them. Uh, the the director I was shown the film Guilty uh, from uh, Denmark. The director was there, and I talked to him. I said, "Well, I'm showing this film in a week or two weeks, whatever. If you, are you going to be here? If, uh, I would love for you to come to Oxnard. It's only an hour away." And he said he'd love to, but um, uh, Guilty was on the short list of nine. So I think what was happening was like two weeks later. The short list of five came out. So if he, if he would have made the short list of five, he would have stayed in country. But I think after that, he went home because he didn't make it. But, you know, stuff like that, I, I love to bring filmmakers and, uh, to talk about their films. Yes, that makes it even more interesting. It's a great idea. But you got a grant to uh, give you the funds, the extra funds to screen films during uh, the summer every week. So tell us how you did that. Well, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, the um, city of Oxnard uh, had a, some arts grants, arts organization grants. So I was able to get a grant last year, uh, I think of like $10,000. And uh, so with this $10,000, I'm, I'm, uh, so far I brought in, I added more screenings. Um, it, it also helped me with the marketing excuse me, the cost of ads, but also I was able to bring in uh, a fellow. His name was Tamar Al-Sayed. I'm sorry, Tamar. Tamar Al-Sayed. He's an Egyptian filmmaker, and he was touring the country with his film called Last Days of the City. Is about He's, he's um, in Cairo, and he shot this really good film. And so I contacted the distributor, and, con- and, and like I said, the filmmaker was touring uh, back east um, and so I got him to come out here so I had to put him up in a hotel and you know and all that stuff and paid him an honorarium but he was there he had a Q&A in downtown Oxnard at 3.30 to 6.30 and this guy was from Egypt and I thought wow this is great this is great so, yes yeah yeah so because and, and his English is very good you know et cetera, et cetera. and he was very happy very thankful very informative uh, about his film, and um, and and I'm actually still working on. Uh, there's a couple of other guys, and other guys, a couple of other filmmakers. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get uh, uh, Eddie Olmos. Uh, he has a film called uh, The Ballad of Gregorio Cortez, 
which came out, I think, in about 1980-85. It had extremely limited uh, theatrical release. And I read something where he wanted to see if he could get a, a, a theatrical release today. <clears throat> so I called up his uh, production company. and try, I'm trying to get him here to show the film. Um, I've also talked to – I met at a film festival with Charles Burnett. He's uh, He won an, uh, an honorary Academy Award last year for his, for his body of work. He's a young film – he was a young filmmaker from UCLA. But he would make uh, uh, black or African-American films – but they were about middle-class uh, blacks in Los Angeles, which you didn't see in the 1980s or, or so. So I'm trying to get him down here to show his film called Sleep in Anger. Wow. Um, and then there's another, there's another fellow I've been trying to get. I met him at the Port Townsend Film Festival. This is a fascinating story about a fellow named Raiz Bunyan. He is a, uh, from Bangladesh, and he was a pilot in Bangladesh. Uh, he decided to come to America to further his uh, studies. Uh, he wanted to be an um, uh, engineer, so he was studying in Dallas. And in the meantime, while he was studying in Dallas, he also worked part-time at a grocery store. And this was shortly after 9-11. Uh, I think 10 days after 9-11, he was working at the grocery store. Somebody came in and shot him point blank in the oh. face. So Raiz, as he thought he was dying, and he said, well, Lord, if you let me live, I will do something good uh, for this world. So what he did is he survived, and he, I mean, he works all over the world as an engineer, but he saw, started a nonprofit called World Without Hate. And uh, I saw him talk about this. So I saw several films called I Am a Muslim, several short films about the everyday life of people who happened to be Muslim. And then Raiz talked after that and told his story. It was an incredible story. So I'm trying to get him here. I've been in contact with him. So uh, we haven't firmed up a date. So I, I, hopefully he'll come like in October. So these are the things I'd like to bring. In addition, additional to the films you see uh, every other week or so, I'm trying to bring different people that will open your eyes about something about the film or, or, or issues in the world or something. Um, and, uh, and we were talking about I, I, I'd like to help other aspiring filmmakers There had been a couple of filmmakers from Oxnard uh, One was Aurelio Ocampo Jr. He uh, went to SC and did a film called Neon Girl They shot it here in Oxnard So we had a screening uh, Probably at least a year ago And uh, But you know They got to show it on the big screen We had a good crowd And, and you know it's great And then I had another filmmaker His name is Miguel Angel He's also from Oxnard, but he's been in L.A. for 20 years, working as an actor, writer, director. And uh, he was in a film called Cry Now, and we showed uh, showed that a couple of times, and we sold out. And people from Oxnard and also people from L.A. and the crew, and everybody came down here to see it. So that was great. Uh, I, as you know, I'm a filmmaker, so uh, I've had a few films. And when you can fill up the audience for a filmmaker, boy, it's wonderful. Oh, it is. It's delightful for all of us. We love it. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, so this is so important for all of us to understand because I agree with you, George, that having screenings across America and particularly areas where there is a lot of rigidity on other people and understanding other cultures hasn't really reached yeah. them yet. 
uh, watching films from foreign countries can really endear you to that country through the stories of the film. So um, what advice can you give to people uh, that might be interested in starting a film society or having screenings? Well, if you want to film, uh, start a film society, obviously you, you, um, you know, I guess you would, I would start a, a become a nonprofit, uh, get a little bit of money together, get a group of people um, who with similar interests and, and skills to help you run the nonprofit um, and, and kind of go that way and then find a venue. Um, you know what? I mean, like I said, it can be done. We, we, like I said, I learned the basics. Some of those basics I learned in Ojai when I started in 2000 with the Ojai Film Society. I, you know, we had the film festival, and then we also had the film, you know, film screened every Sunday at 4:30. So, and I was the, I was there, spent 14 years on the board. I was president three times, and all this. So I was pretty involved. And so now, I do the same thing here. I do. I have a, a small board I work with as the executive director, and I do a lot of the work myself with the, you know, the marketing and the research and, and um, you know, like. A, but I've had. A, you know, I've had a lot of experience now, obviously, uh, you know, starting this in 2007. And, and so, and then um, working at Ojai Valley, at Ojai at 2000. So I've seen a lot of films and kind of, kind of know the ins and outs, how to get the films here. And, and, uh, and, it, but you know, it's, it, a lot of it is, it's like any filmmaker. Okay. I, I've just made a film, you know, now how do I get people to see the film? You know, right. especially if you don't have a distributor, uh, you know, you, I mean, you, obviously you've got to, you would got to find a distributor and and that's important because when you create the film, you should know you make the film for yourself, but obviously you want to see it seen. So what is your niche? What's the angle? Because the distributors are out there have their niche. They know whether it's a foreign film or whether it's a gay, whether it's an action film or whether it's whatever. The distributors, they focus on a certain area also. You know, I mean, like, I mean, I deal with like Sony Picture Classics. Well, Sony Picture Classics, they've been around a long time. They have the money. They kind of get the cream of the crop. They get a lot of the Oscar contenders uh, for like Best Foreign Film, and that's that's where they're at. And that's their focus. <coughs> Excuse me. But there, like I said, there's a lot of people. There's you know Kino Lorber, Oscilloscope, Magnolia, Cohen Media, Fox Searchlight, a new one called uh, Well Go Entertainment. They focus on Chinese films, um, Roadside Attractions, Music Box. So there's a, there's lots of distributors out there. So the ones I deal with are primarily focused to me on foreign films. I mean. These are the guys that do that. I mean, they have other independent films and other American films, but I know they'll have, always have some kind of foreign film. Now, whether I like it or not is another thing. So, um, so that's it. Like I said, I know where to go. It's a constantly up, you know, updating myself at all of these uh, their film sites and see what's happening. But you know, like I said, there's I, I'm amazed that sometime a film will come out and I don't didn't have a clue this thing was happening. <laughs> you know. And I constantly right. like doing research, and uh, but there's like I said, there's a lot of films out there. Exactly, um, there are a lot of films, and and there are a lot of people who would love to come, 
if they know about it. So the social networking and the advertising is the key, isn't it? You've got to get them in there. Yeah. Everything from from handing flyers to businesses to posting them up at Starbucks or wherever to the uh, to the social media and the periodic ads, um, all all of that helps. And um, you know, and I have a good core audience. They've been there for a long time, and they they keep coming. Um, and you know, we sometimes we, you know people sometimes they they drop out because they oh are offended by the film. It was too uh, too much nudity or too much swearing. And he's like, oh, my God, I mean, I can't control that, you know. I, I guess I control <laughs> it by not picking it. But you know what? It's, you know, it's, it's um, you know, it's the same thing. Nudity in France or nudity in other countries, it's different. We still have a kind of a, a, a what, a Korean background or, a, I mean, a puritanical background. Some people do. You know, it's 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 weird. Even with, uh, I go, don't you watch HBO or something? (laughs) But, um, yeah. Well, the secret is your core audience, you see. Now, um, it's all about, you really need a core audience. If you had 20 people who agreed with you and who agreed to support you, and they would have to promise to bring in two more people now you've got 60 people to see a film. And, of course, some people right. will drop out. But you're, if you've got 40 to 50 people in a room and showed them a good film, trust me, they would all go out and bring somebody back to the next film. I'm sure that's what happened with your films. Well, yeah, word of mouth. Right, so word of mouth, word of mouth. is a, a great way of doing it, too. Yeah, so, and uh, but, you know, I... I mean, I, I like you know, and picking films is is also important. You you know, you got to have something. I mean, I know this film is going to do well because it's, it's sometimes it's easy to like or it's sentimental or whatever, but it's a good film. Other people, other films are just a little more difficult because it's a different style that we Americans aren't used to, or or you know, <clears throat> but but that's how they that's how they learn about these films. That's why we're a film society. Uh, to 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 focus on films from all over the world. I'm not, you know, I'm not just going to give you a comedy, or I'm not going to give you something like candy. You know, I I, I hate candy movies. You know, <laughs> or uh, <laughs> you know. Um, so anyway, there's a variety. I mean, and I'm always looking for a good comedy. Uh, foreign film comedies are hard to come by because I, I show a lot of dramas. Uh, it's just what's out there. Comedies are hard to come by. But when I show a comedy, it's like, oh, my God, I, I sell out all the time because everybody wants, you know, especially now, we really need to laugh, don't we? So, Yes, yes, we need comedy. Um, right. So anyway, so I'm always looking for that. But they're, they're, they're not, uh, they don't come by very that often. I mean, the French used to have a lot of comedies. I don't know what happened. Uh, I know there's one on my, one on my list, but... Uh, I haven't seen a, a good French comedy. Well, nonfiction, is, which is coming up at the end of June, is kind of comedic moments, but it's not an out-and-out comedy. You know, so. Well, that sounds uh, good. It, yeah. So, um, wh- where are we? <laughs> well, we we thank you. You've given us so much information, and uh, we really appreciate the work you're doing with bringing important foreign films to, to us. 
to view. And I know that you, I, I didn't get an answer, I don't think. How many films a year do you think you see? If you've screened 30, how many have you seen? 90? Oh, yeah, probably. I mean, some, like I said, I said, sometimes it varies. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I, go, I run through a batch and, and I'm, I'm not sold on them. And other times I'll see, see the film. I go, whoa, this is, this is great. I know. So it, then it's a matter of getting into my schedule. Like I said, I try to mix it up. I'm not going to show you, you know, four French films in a row. So I, I mix it up in different countries and different genres, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that's kind of how I work. I mean, hold on a second. I mean, here in my room right now, I have you know a list of of uh, 20 films I'm trying to look at. You know, films called you know, All Is True. One called Barbarians, another one called Aja, another called In the Isles, uh, another one called Almaraz, another one called Maya, another one called Girls of the Sun, The Chaperone, Peterloo, Transit, Hotel by the River, Pasolini, uh, Fall of the American Empire, Our Time, uh, Asako, High Life. So, I mean, you know, I could spend <laughs> I could spend 40 hours a day, a week just watching those. So, <laughs> That's wonderful. That's really wonderful. Yeah. Well, let's tell everyone where the theater is because we have okay. a large audience in L.A. and the surrounding area. So tell us about the theater. Okay, well, theater is in downtown Oxnard. It's 255 West 5th Street. Uh, it's called the Plaza Cinemas 14. Uh, we uh, we use 4K projection, which is great. Great uh, audio. Uh, popcorn is pretty good. Um what else? Um, the seating capacity is 184. Like I said, film at 3:30 and at 6:30. And so, you know, we average. I tell people, you know, especially if it's a really good film, you got to get there. Uh, you should get there by three for a 3:30 screening. You know, because some, you know, you got to park. You got if there's a. Uh, I mean, sometimes we do fill up pretty fast. Uh, people start coming in at 2:45 for a 3:30 screening. Oh my goodness! They get yeah. They get there early, and I can see them outside sitting, or sometimes we let the doors open early before 3, uh, especially if it's hot outside. You come into an air-conditioned theater, you know, and they come in and talk, or they come in and read a book and wait for uh, this, the show. So it, it show starts to say 3.30, and I introduce the film, and then at 3.35, we, we uh, start the show. But you don't have to wait 20, go through 20 minutes of, of, uh, of um Previews, you know, you, it says the screenings at three thirty. Some, you know, some theaters they say well, the show starts at four. Well, the show really doesn't start till like four twenty-five. You're sitting in the theater for twenty-five minutes watching all this stuff that um, sometimes I don't want to watch. <laughs> right. But, um, so, and then the other thing I wanted to pass on is, you know, part of our mission statement is also to have, help aspiring filmmakers. So, you know. Um, in fact, I have a film, a short film from uh, a, a filmmaker I have to look at. But somewhere down the line, it, it, you know, I'm either going to have uh, a night for filmmakers, uh, new filmmakers or new works where we can show whether it's a short film, a long film, depending, or it's like three or four short films. We could have screenings, you know, to, you know um, I certainly could help and would love to do that for filmmakers, whether they're local or, or in L.A. or wherever. I mean, that's, that's great. Like I said, once you do your film, you've got to get it out there and let people to see it. And we would yes. certainly help do that. 
Yes, and I would love to be so, uh, able to help support you with that. But uh, if you'd like to give us uh, a way to contact you for those listening who have short films or new emerging features that they might like to have screened, how could they reach you, George? Okay, well, you know, I just redid our website, so you can, it's oxnardfilmsociety.org, and I'm setting up an email there, which I think is just going to be George at uh, Ohio Oxnard Film Society. Did I say Ohio? Oxnard Film Society. Um, right now, my email is geosand, uh, G-E-O-S-A-N-D, the number is 47, at gmail.com. Uh, my number is 805 seven nine eight zero eight three oh um so those are ways of getting a hold of me and and you know and okay. i'm always at the movies exactly right come down and watch a movie and introduce yourself and we can meet that way also all right wonderful okay george thank okay. you so much it's been a wealth of information okay carol thank you it was my pleasure all right yes Thank you, Claire. All right. Yes, thank you, George. Bye. Thank you. And to our listeners, oh, you are so welcome. Good to have you. And for our listeners, I want to tell you how grateful we are for the donations that you've given at From the Heart Productions and the support of our podcast. Carol and I sincerely thank you. We'd love to hear from you with your ideas for more shows. So. Send us some topics that you'd like covered or people that you would like to have us interview on the show. And uh, we're always open to your feedback, so just let us know. And please join us next week for the Art of Film Funding podcast. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.